Well, we are going to talk about rest today, and if you need to, you can fall asleep, but my hope is that you stick with it. Um, and we're going to start by uh, reading our scripture together. And so if you would join me in reading out loud from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. Let's stand and honor God's word. You can find that on page 792 in your uh, pew Bible if you'd like. Let's read God's holy word. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, for I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, your word is powerful and true. Would you open our ears and soften our hearts to your voice this morning? And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, for you are a rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I ran into a friend and a neighbor uh, last week as I was driving home from the store. She was out walking her dog and I was balancing two poinsettias on my lap as I drove home. You see, I was hosting a dinner party later that night and needed a splash of color in the house. I decided to pull over because I hadn't seen her for a while, and I rolled down my window and leaned out the window, and we caught up. I learned of her work schedule, her fall trips, and now life as an empty nester. I, too, spoke of a full fall, college applications, attending our boys' swim meet and concerts, work projects piled high, and planning a vacation. Oh, I said, and guess what? I'm preaching next week. She said, well, what's the topic? And I said, rest. <laughs> and you got it. We both laughed. Yes, I know. I know that today... This is the message that I need to hear. This is the sermon that I need to hear. Well, so how are you? How are you doing? In the Emotionally Healthy Relationship Curriculum from Pete Scazzaro, I've learned to practice an exercise called exploring the iceberg. Four simple questions to ask myself that will help me take an inventory of my interior life. And that will help me honestly answer the question, how am I? I want to tell you what those four questions are. They're not anything super hard, and you can practice this at home later today. But they're the, these four questions. What am I mad about? What am I anxious about? What am I sad about? 
And what am I glad about? Spending just a few minutes jotting down answers to those four questions is a really helpful way to reveal what's going on on the inside. And so this morning, I want us to do a little examination of what we are carrying, what emotional load, what stresses or pressures, or even what joys do we bring with us to worship today. I hope that you can be honest with yourself. And during our time, I hope that you got a little yellow slip of paper. And if you didn't, grab a piece of paper in front of you. But I hope that you jot down a few words that might describe what you're carrying today. What are you coming in to worship with today? And we'll come back to that in a minute. I asked a few uh, people last, a few weeks ago, how, how are you as we approach this Christmas season? And after some reflection, these are some of the things that they shared. They said, one person said, I'm overwhelmed. Another one said, I'm excited to be with my family. Another one said, I'm grieving. Another said, I love Christmas time and being with my friends. And the kids in my house said, I'm really looking forward to a break from school. Well, this season can be an emotional time. It's filled with laughter and sadness, loss, grief, great joy and expectation. Some of us find that we have extra events to attend, special meals to prepare and more coffee appointments. Our calendars feel fuller than normal. And the short days and long nights move us inside and somehow they add to the pressure that we feel of having more to do with less time. What's your December like? In graduate school, I read a book uh, by Dr. Archibald Hart called Adrenaline and Stress. It was actually a really good book. Um, in it, Dr. Hart describes the addictive nature of stress hormones. Adrenaline, cortisol, and dopamine. And these chemical responses, which keep us alive and out of danger, are easily triggered by circumstances which in and of themselves aren't threatening at all. Sometimes our busy lifestyle, overstimulation, trying to multitask, those are all tricking our system to produce these hormones, which give us a boost momentarily, but over time they can lead to physical bodily harm. We can become addicted to adrenaline. Our bodies, you see, are built for rhythms, rhythms of work and rest. Within a 24-hour day, we work, we play, we eat, and I hope we sleep. And when we don't follow this rhythm, our bodies can be filled with stress hormones. And we can change the chemistry in our bodies. They begin to break down. You might have heard this list from your doctor. Watch out for heart disease, anxiety, addiction, increased blood pressure. Well, this last spring I went to a conference in, um, I think it was in Texas, and I heard a speaker, um, Janice McWilliams, talk from her book called Restore My Soul. She's a therapist and a Christian spiritual director, and she told a story of a friend making and serving tortilla soup. And uh, they shared this meal together, and a few spoonfuls in, they both, they both were reacting. Their eyes were filling with tears. 
The spice was just too much. And suddenly Janice's friend realized her mistake. Instead of teaspoons of cayenne pepper, she had put in tablespoons. The rest of the soup was perfect, but there was too, too much cayenne. McWilliams writes, by the way, that if you add potatoes or brown sugar, that can help modify the spice, just in case you find yourself in a similar situation. She went on, went on to say that our bodies are like a hormone soup. And like the cayenne, too much stress in our system, whatever the source, impacts our bodies. Adrenaline and cortisol are triggered by stress. Dopamine and endorphins are the happy hormones. They help to balance out the impact of stress. And much like potatoes, they mellow our spicy soup. Those happy hormones include sleep and exercise, listening to great music, praying, eating protein, or even dark chocolate. How's your hormone soup? Do you have happy hormones balancing out your stress hormones? Another common dilemma that I hear about in December, and actually it's year-round, but I hear it a lot right now, is when we ask the question, how are you, I hear, I'm so busy. I'm, I'm guilty of saying that multiple times throughout the day. And in our culture, we lift up busyness as a badge of honor. It becomes a symbol of our importance, our self-worth. And for some of us, busyness becomes an idol. In his book, The Rest of God, Mark Buchanan responds to the busy life as he writes this. He says, and something dies in us. Too much work, the British used to say, makes Jack a dull boy, but it's worse than that. It numbs Jack parches Jack, hardens Jack, it kills his heart. When we get too busy, everything becomes either a trudge or a scramble. The doldrums or sheer mayhem. We get bored with the familiar and threatened by the unfamiliar. Our capacity for both steadfastness and adventure shrivels. Ouch. Well, in our scripture today, we can learn some very important life-giving and life-saving principles from Jesus. As we study Jesus' life on earth, we learn from his profound teaching, and through the writers of the Gospels, we're drawn into his miraculous healings. Jesus' life is a wonderful model for us. Watch not just what he does and says, but how he lives. If we read the Gospels carefully, we can't help but notice that Jesus is in constant relationship and conversation with God the Father. He gets away to pray and spend time with God. Jesus takes naps. He talks to God. He enjoys good meals with friends. He talks about his relationship with God to the people in his life. Jesus takes a lot of walks. Everything he does is in step with God the Father. We see this in verse 25 as Jesus is praying and thanking the Father as an example of his communion. Well, earlier I asked you to write down what you were carrying today. What emotions do you bring in with you this morning? 
What are you holding in your heart? As you write these words down on your yellow slip of paper or the paper that you brought with you or in front of you, I want you to consider the words of Jesus as if they were, as if they were spoken directly to you. Directly to what you have lift, written down. Directly to what you are carrying. Listen to Jesus. He says, come to me, all of you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can you hear Jesus calling you by name? Come here, Jennifer. Come here, Aaron. Nawan, I see you. I see you. I see all of you. Hear every one of you. Can you hear me? Come to me. I see what you are carrying, and I want to place a different burden on you. Let's trade. Let me carry what's weighing you down, and you can put a yoke Put on my yoke. Attach yourself to me and let's walk together. Here, harness yourself to my yoke. Here, put it on. See? It's not so bad. My yoke is light. And look, look, you're getting stronger. Let me carry your burden. When we are in stride together, I do the heavy lifting. And I celebrate the joys with you. How does that feel? Well, we know that the Jews in Jesus' audience were under great pressure to get the law just right. The Pharisees and Sadducees held them accountable to apply the exact nature of the law. And many Jews found this burden oppressive and close to impossible. So Jesus' words must have struck a chord on that day an offer of religious rest. His words touch something deep inside of me too, and maybe you, something timeless. You see, Jesus isn't pointing a finger with a new list of demands saying, do this, do this, do this. No, instead he's using his finger and he's saying, come here, come to me. Rest for our souls. Friends, can we grasp the meaning of eternal life with Jesus enough to understand that he also wants us to enjoy this life? Jesus offers us salvation, an opportunity to be with God. And in verse 27, he reminds us that, that he's the way to God the Father. He's the one through whom we have access to God. And through Jesus, we are cleaned up. Our weights are lifted, our burdens released. We can come before God, light and free from sin. That's his great gift of grace. John's gospel writes Jesus' words this way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, for me, yoking with Jesus is more than a thought experiment. It's physical. My body responds differently when I'm in his presence. You see, in the middle of being overwhelmed, he gives me space to breathe. And it's not just those shallow breaths, it's the deep ones. 
When I focus on Jesus, my thinking clears. Oh, I just had a complete thought. Not the fleeting ones. I'm calm again. I can laugh. I am who he meant me to be. I sometimes think about a picture that my husband took of me while we were in Hawaii and I was on a hammock relaxing. And that's that feeling of calm, the feeling of rest. Rest for our souls does not eliminate the challenges in our lives. But being yoked to Jesus allows us to face them with the king of the universe. I don't think that Jesus takes away hardship, but I do know that he faces it alongside of us. In him, we find strength. In Jesus Christ, we find rest for our weary souls. In the 1500s, Philip Melanchthon, a German systematic theologian, a reformer, a friend and colleague of Martin Luther, turned to Martin Luther and said, today you and I will discuss the governance of the universe. And Luther looked at him and said, no, today you and I are going to go fishing and we will leave the governance of the universe to God. Let God be God. All throughout the scriptures, we read of God's design for rest from the beginning of creation throughout the whole of the Bible. In Genesis 2, we're reminded that on the seventh day, God finished his great work and he rested. In Exodus 33, the Lord told Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. In Leviticus on Mount Sinai, God said to Moses, in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. And in Deuteronomy, as Moses prepares the people to enter the promised land, he says, but you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and he will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. In Joshua, the Lord gave them rest on every side just as he had sworn to their ancestors. And as Solomon dedicated the temple in 1 Kings, we read, praise be to the Lord who, gives, who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. And in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. This list goes on and on and on and reminds us, Jesus reminds us, of God's promise of renewal through rest. God's design builds in healthy breaks that nourish our bodies and our souls. Our best work can come from the place of rest. Rest is not meant to be the crash at the end of a hard workday or the collapse at the finish line, but rather when we plan and schedule rest into our day and our lives, we're allowed to be renewed from which our best work is spawned. I was talking to an athlete who said, yeah, I struggle with this idea. We were taught that we've got to earn it. We've got to earn the rest. And a salesperson said, I don't deserve to sit down. Somebody is always beating me. I don't deserve it. 
Well, in his book, Sabbath, Finding Rest, Renewal, and Delight in Our Busy Lives, Wayne Muller writes this. He says, to remember the Sabbath is not a burdensome requirement, but rather a remembrance of a law that is firmly embedded in the fabric of nature. It's a reminder of how things really are, the rhythmic dance to which we unavoidably belong. Friends, this invitation to yoke with Jesus is intertwined with an understanding of Sabbath rest. That's not something that we Americans are good at at all. In fact, we keep multiple tabs or windows open on our computers. We intentionally fill the white space on our calendars with activity. And we keep the constant news feed on at work. Do we also balance that with time away? Do we unplug? Do we take time to listen to good music or go on a slow walk? Not a fast one, but a slow one. Do we eat dark chocolate? I give you permission. Whether you observe a Sabbath on Sunday is not really the point. The point is, do you observe a Sabbath? Jesus says in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And while we are not bound by Jewish law, we break the spirit of Sabbath all the time. Or maybe I'll speak for myself. I break the spirit of Sabbath all the time. It's easy for me to think that every waking moment should be productive, should be filled. I am trying to recommit to Sabbath living, to stopping, to resting. When we yoke with Jesus, we, when we take him up on his offer, we will find a light load. We will find a travel partner. We will find one who knows the way and has walked the path before. We will find our breath. We will calm down. Well, what do we give up? We do give up some things. We will lose our independence. We lose the responsibility of doing it all ourselves. We lose charting our own course. We lose the things that have become idols in our lives. But friends, I don't think that's so bad. Those aren't really losses, in my opinion. Yoking to Jesus is a part of living a Sabbath life. And when we do that, we place ourselves under his lordship under his law, under his best plan for us. It's a healthy plan in which rest is the antidote to burnout. Well, in Lord of the Rings, and my kids will be happy that I'm quoting uh, Tolkien, after the hobbits and Strider have made their way to Rivendell, Tolkien writes this. He says, for a while the hobbits continued to talk and think of the past journey and of the perils that lay ahead. But such was the virtue of the land of Rivendell that soon all fear and anxiety was lifted from their minds. The future, good or ill, was not forgotten, but it ceased to have power over the present. Help and hope, health and hope grew strong in them, and they were content with each day as it came taking pleasure in every meal and in every word and song. The future ceased to have power over the present. That is, what we can, that is what can happen when we yoke with Jesus. 
The danger, the worry, the anxiety over what's next will no longer have control over us. Jesus saves us not only for eternity, he saves us for today. There's a little irony in this message. Perhaps you're hearing stop, take a nap, rest, all of which is true and good. But there's a step before stopping, an imperative, a command that I don't want us to miss. Jesus calls us to action, not indifference. He invites us to move toward him. He invites us to come. At the core of rest for our bodies and souls is movement, movement toward Jesus Christ. We must take the action of putting on his yoke and then, then, then we will find true peace. I want to end by offering Jesus' invitation, invitation to you this morning and by now you've likely written something on this piece of paper. And as the musicians come forward and lead us in song, I'm going to invite you to bring what you've written to the cradle of Jesus. Lay the burden that you have in the manger. And maybe today you want to give Jesus all of your life. And if that's the case, write your name down and lay it in the manger. Remember his offer is to take our load and exchange it for his. So come as you feel led. Come while we're, while we're listening to music and singing. This baby that we celebrate has come to take your burden and to give you his peace. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, your spirit is moving. You are bringing to mind those weights which hold us down, which keep us from living free lives. God, we also think of the joys, too. We bring you all of ourselves. Help us to come to you. We are weary. Help us to come and find your rest. In your holy name, amen.